Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film The Fifth Element. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen the film, just be aware that there may be spoilers. Enjoy. Hello. Hi. It's the fifth, the fifth element, the fifth element, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't have an actual song this week, unfortunately, did you? No, no, I did not either. And my thoughts about coming up with one uh, have been slightly disrupted by the fact that America is on fire. Yep, because the Democrats won in Georgia, right? Is that what happened? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I don't think it's just because of that. I think it's also that they're not going to overthrow the legitimate election results that saw Donald Trump lose. Um, and so they've stormed the Senate. And Who have? Won. Pro-Trump people. Pro-Trump people. Basically, a very bad coup by idiots um, has is, is currently storming the Senate. And it's quite scary. Um, so if oh, geez, yeah. I, if I, I seem distracted this. at any point <laughs> <laughs> during this episode, um, that's why. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you might have been talking about how Kim and Kanye are getting divorced. I mean, that is obviously the most pressing issue at the moment. That and Bean Dad. Have yeah. You been... <laughs> yeah, I have. This is very, very strange to me because I've been a fan of John Roderick for quite a long time. So if I was to see that Oh, do I want to talk about Bean Dad? I don't want people to think that I'm bro Bean Dad. <laughs> I don't want to get cancelled. I think <laughs> it's only Wednesday. Let's let's talk about Bean Dad and let's see. Let's get hashtag Paddy is cancelled. Hashtag Paddy is over party yep. going. <laughs> Say no to Paddy. And then when I come um, back, you, I can have Paddy's album party. Yeah, Paddy's album party. Right, anal bum we'll get, party. We, we get you a sweet-ass spot on Parlay, and we'll get you a spot on Joe Rogan's podcast talking about cancel culture. Um, well, as we all know, we can... this was all just a long con to get me on Joe Rogan, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I'm in two minds about being dad, because... The, the the historic tweets that they've drummed up about being dad... I didn't know this guy before bean dad so i'm just going to refer right. to him as bean dad um for context for anyone you were who not the show on... when the long winters played at the cavern in exeter it must have been when we were in second year um i was not there no i don't think yeah. um i was oh very good very good did he did he say any racial slurs whilst he was on stage no he did not no 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 anti-semitic content that night um it's uh yeah, it's um so so he has done this he's one of these Gen Xers who's a little bit risque, a little bit blase, which is a very big thing about Gen X. You know, Gen the Gen X era was very big in that kind of thing, both in terms of general attitudes and the, the media that was created during that time. Um and I think 
that kind of follows through to this story that he tells on Twitter about how he's teaching his daughter how to use a can opener by getting her to work it out herself. Um, and it's clear yeah. that he's really upping the ante of what the actual atmosphere was like during this saying like we didn't eat for six hours and there was tears and stuff like that and it's clearly all said in a really comedic manner um people did not take kindly to this story um which i think is is fair enough um because there is this kind of you know it could be very triggering for people who who didn't have a very positive home environment and it might feed back to how they were treated poorly by their own parents and things like that um but at the same time it's clearly comedic um and yeah. and it's clearly kind of a lie you know this did not happen exactly the way this yeah like do you think that actually no, happened no. um and i think he did some he did he did an apology afterwards where he said you know we did eat between the the, the beans incident and her opening the can of beans <laughs> and things like that you know it clearly didn't happen like this um and at the same time people yeah people pulled out all of these tweets that he said which were very bad very bad tweets yeah um with lots of racial slurs homophobic slurs things like that um and so he has now had his song taken off the uh mcelroy brothers podcast um he's deleted his twitter account i don't know what it means for the rest of his creative sides but i feel as though it's a uh, is it is it hashtag Rob is over party as well? I feel like it's a bit of an overreaction. Yeah. Oh, are you going to be over as well? Yeah, this, yeah. All in this uh, big big boys is over over party. Um, right, half of yeah. Palomino is over party. <laughs> I won't drag down the other two yeah. with us. They can they can yeah. replace us and Catherine can form a new band. They can form a new band. Synth and drums duos always work out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They don't need us. Um, but um, but I think it's a bit of an overreaction. I feel a bit sorry for Bean Dad. The story was was shitty, but it became one of those silly Twitter um, Twitter moments. You know, you get them every so often. There's that there's that one incredible tweet, which is uh, every day on Twitter there is a new main character, and the goal of Twitter is not to be the main character. Yes. and I think it's fair to say that Bean Dad was the main character um, of that day. Um, and I think if they hadn't been able to dig out all of these these slurs that he'd said, I think it probably would have swept over with a little bit of this guy's a shithead, but not to the same extent that, that it eventually did. And I feel as yeah. though, you know, when you've got literal Nazis storming the Senate, it's just going on right now. There's probably people who deserve cancelling more than Bean Dad. Yeah. Is that fair to say? I think what Bean Dad... Yes, 100%. Bean Dad's... John Roderick is not a Nazi. He ran for Seattle City Council a few years ago unsuccessfully um, on a very, very left-wing platform, among other things. Yeah, but but... Bean Dad told... He, he, that's his name now, by the way. I don't care Bean Dad. if his uh, name okay. is, is, is Matthew Broderick. Get away. We don't care. Um, but uh, yeah, Bean, Bean Dad is... Um, he told a stupid story online which obviously had backlash kind of sort of rightfully had backlash because it was insensitive, but at the same time, people maybe should have realized it was a joke. Um, It's just some bullshit on Twitter. It's just Twitter. That is that the thing that you want to direct your energy at? Because there's a lot worse bullshit on social media. You could be directing your energy at there. There is I think about all of this kind of stuff. (laughs) As you say, it's the main character. That main character tweet is so revealing and so true. It's just sometimes a thing gains traction and then there it is. Yeah, that, that's like you know, and social networks deliberately do this, don't they? They deliberately amplify 
stuff that is controversial and that becomes a moment they're prone to virality because it makes them money yeah exactly and and that and that's the whole purpose of social media is to get into a binary of good and bad but more important to social media is is this worth sharing and speaking about or is it not worth sharing and speaking about and and this moment didn't matter if it was good or bad it was worth speaking about um and it turned into this negative moment he shouldn't have said that awful shit several years ago on on twitter Uh, that's a that's an obvious thing he should not have done that and if you're in the media if you're the person who does the the McElroy Brothers podcast music, you should probably wipe your Twitter if you're worried about something like that coming up in your past. I think, you know, cynically I'm thinking it's the same as a politician. Yeah, if you if yeah. you get elected to office or if you're at the point of getting elected to office, um you need to <laughs> wipe your Twitter feed. People will anything. find it through the Internet Archive though, that's the thing. Yeah, but they won't know to look at that until someone's found something for the first time. Um, I feel like it's always going to come out. Someone's now going to dig through my Twitter Twitter feed looking for dirt in amongst my probably five to six years since I joined of earnest tweets about indie music. And then we start our podcast and it becomes about that. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Yeah. If you I, really want to trawl through that, then go ahead. I've I've got some political stuff in there, calling Nazis shitheads and things like that. There, there might be I, some fuckatories content in I'm, there. I'm, I can't I'm, promise that. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with people realizing <laughs> that I do not like right wing assholes. That's fine. You can I'll keep that in yeah. there. That's no problem. Um, and that doesn't mean that I don't like anyone who's right wing. I mean specifically assholes. You know, get out. We don't like you, right wing assholes. Go. Do you like anyone who's right wing? I don't know if I do. Uh, well, I uh, like, I don't know, some old family members. Well, yeah, exactly. Old family members, <laughs> yeah. old co-workers who are, who are nice in other ways. Um, yeah, Gary, yeah. Gary Newman is a Tory, apparently, and I like his music. <laughs> really? Yeah, Gary Newman's a Tory, apparently. I don't know how, I don't know how he feels about the rest of it. But, um, well, Tories love cars, don't they? Here in my car, I am hurting the poor. And polluting the world. That's the best thing about this car. Da 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 da. Do you like my? Do you like my song? Very good, very good. That makes up for the lack of an opening song, doesn't it? <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um. So so yeah. Basically, social media is really bad. Bean Dad Fucking is stinks. bad, but doesn't. If we didn't to have, have to promote life. this show, I wouldn't be on social media. Honestly, I I wouldn't. I I keep thinking about getting rid of Facebook because Facebook seems to add literally nothing to my life. I only um, use it for messaging one specific family group that I have on there, which we yeah, used to plan the family quiz. Yeah. And other than that, I don't use it. Actually, although I posted on there yesterday about subscribing to my new baseball um, newsletter, my baseball essays illustrated, Stealing Home. I did a book. You'll remember this if you've listened to this show yes, for a while. Yes, I, I remember I wrote a book this. about baseball, and it's based on essays that I send out by email because I don't want to post. Anyway, I put like a Facebook post on that yesterday, and I got like two likes, so fuck you all. um yeah facebook facebook is bad twitter's bad but is occasionally funny and that's why i keep my twitter around is for the yes. funny moments and and bean dad was a funny moment until it turned into a not funny moment um and i feel like that's kind of the, i remember the days when twitter was just funny moments when it was just bullshit like and and yeah. there was that really nostalgic feeling is did you see the hot dog man uh a few days ago as well no uh this Who's guy 
put a hot dog in an air fryer for 10 hours or something like oh that and was just detailing the status of the hot dog every every so often um that was very very funny and that was that made me feel like oh yeah that's that's old twitter when someone would do something stupid like that and it would blow up and it would be funny and bean dad was kind of like that until it got a bit overboard yeah um and and bean I, dad- I went on and saw bean dad was turning i was like oh what's bean dad someone's told a weird story and then i was like oh my god it's john roderick this is insane this is a guy that i know and who's much of whose work i like this is gonna get weird very very quickly because he's a fringe figure he's well known but not like well known not a household name not well known that like people who might hear about a trend would know about him you know he's he's a guy you know about if you know about him and you don't if you don't if you know what i mean yeah yeah but his podcast, Roderick on the Line, um, it's like one of my favorite ever podcasts. So he does it with a guy called Merlin Mann, who used to be like a productivity guru and is now just like a really cool podcast guy. And he's not had a great time of it because he had this other podcast, Dubai Friday, um, which was co-hosted by Max Temkin, who was cancelled last year because he was the co-founder of Cards Against Humanity, who created a toxic work environment there. So that's like two cancellations of Merlin's co-hosts. But I don't know if like if Roderick's going to keep doing the show or not. But so Roderick what, on the Line is a great show. What you're saying is, A, Merlin should join our podcast. Yes. And because we are uncancellable. We're two good boys. We haven't yeah. done anything wrong ever. Like, we are the, good, the goodest good boys. We're like I Labradors. I, 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 haven't done, I haven't done anything cancellable, I think, in my life at all. I'm a very good boy. You're and an I know extremely you, good boy. And I know you're a good boy as well. Who's a good I think boy? We're, we're two very uncancellable boys. We could be McElroy's. That's how uncancellable we are. Wow. Um, I'd say. I'd say. Um, McElroy's, yeah. give us a line. We'll, McElroy's, we'll if you're new, listening. We'll write, your new, <laughs> we'll write your new theme tune. Genuinely, we could, and that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would be so happy to do that. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, we've not done anything cancellable. So Merlin, come over here. And what else yeah. I'm hearing is that you're willing to overlook um all of the horrible infractions of being dad because you like his podcast you hypocrite <laughs> yeah. that's what i'm hearing here. there's no nuance to this it's not a complicated situation <laughs> i stand being dad <laughs> you stand being dad you will die for being dad you're gonna storm yeah um <laughs> i will die on this hill of beans <laughs> yeah um being dad is um yeah I, I the way i see it is being being dad is bad um for what he did but primarily what he said historically um bean dad seems like a bit of a wanker but in a funny way like a lot of gen x's uh probably shouldn't have had his life ruined over a series of tweets to be honest (laughs) i think that's maybe a little bit too far um when you've got people like lawrence fox or isabel oakshot or Alison Pearson. Ugh. Um, I'm going to be get, sick. Getting away with, with monstrous people. stuff every day. Tot- Can you believe Lawrence Fox used to be married to Billy Piper? The chinless one. I've told, I've, have I ever told you who Lawrence Fox is? Lawrence Fox is when they took Fido Dido, the mascot of 7-Up, and put it into <laughs> the machine from the fly with a normal human man. And what came out of the other side is Lawrence Fox, this chinless freak. <laughs> But why would Billy Piper want to marry that? Uh, curiosity. Maybe she's a fan of David Cronenberg's work and wanted to know what it felt like. Yeah, that or she drinks a lot of Seven Up. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe she's got a Fido Dido fetish. Do you remember Fido Dido? 
No, I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> um, yeah, Friday Dido. Wasn't Friday was cool. Dido, the singer who did that song with Eminem. <laughs> Stan. Yeah. I don't know why I've got no chin at all. Oh, good. Looked? Yeah, he's yeah. like um, like a sort of proto purple Ronnie. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. This, Everyone this knows purple Ronnie. Try this triangle chinned freak. Um, that's who Lawrence Fox is. Lawrence yeah. Fox, if we're if you're listening, don't listen anymore. We don't like you. Do not listen to our show. It's not <laughs> you. For don't, you are you don't deserve Get our out. opinions. You're barred. <laughs> Get out, mate. If you'll put your picture up on the wall saying saying bad human being. <laughs> it's gonna be our, our podcast artwork from now on. Just a picture of Fido Dido with like a red line across his face saying bar. Like, Fuck you, Fido Dido. Um yeah, so um Lawrence Fox, not a fan. Probably a worse no. human being than 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 um Bean Dad. <laughs> I think it's yeah. fair to say. So yeah, to to give to some on Bean Dad, no, I think the sh- stuff he said on Twitter was bad. And I've never actually liked him on Twitter, but on podcasts where he can talk in long form, he is great. And he's a really, really interesting guy who's had a very interesting life and always has interesting takes on stuff. And he is also bipolar and has had a lot of issues and struggles with his mental health. And the way he talks and conducts himself in social settings, including on social media, reflects that i think and on twitter his personality and how he operates just never came across well and that that is not a defense of anti-semitic tweets obviously where they were always said kind of you know ironically and in jest you know you should always think about how things can be perceived and how people are gonna listen to them and the medium and the context and everything what you say but you know he is someone who works better in long form and, as you say, should not have had his whole life ruined by this. And his apology um, was, you know, sincere and heartfelt. And I, I think it's worth reading if you're still outraged about being dead. When you should yeah, be outraged yeah. about Lawrence Fox. <laughs> you should be outraged about Friday Night Day. Um, yeah. Or you should be outraged about Paddy Johnston's outrageous defence of, of, of being dead. Pro being dead. <laughs> Dad. Yeah, and I, and I think that's interesting because it's very hard to portray your own personality on um, on social media, isn't it? Particularly if and, and I, again, so, sort of bringing this back to the Gen X element of it, it's uh, having that kind of snark, which is clearly slightly playful, doesn't really come across well on social media, and I think particularly when you've got these much more open and direct and earnest generations that followed up so you've got us the 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 millennials the soy boy beta cuck generation who yep. were desperate the woke, snowflakes. the woke snowflakes who were sort of desperate to succeed um in the way that our fathers and mothers did and failed but have this kind of openness, but in a kind of timid way. We've been followed up by the greatest generation, the Zoomers, who are just fucking open about anything, and they'll go one minute saying, lol, did a poo, to we must overthrow the government and instill true democracy. Nothing in between, and I love it. Um, And I think that really clashes with, uh, with, with Gen X snark in quite a severe way, and I think that's actually quite an interesting generational divide that you've got there. But I also don't think the Zoomers are on Twitter reading about Bean Dad. The Zoomers are all dancing and showing their bums on TikTok, aren't they? <laughs> no, I think there's quite a lot of Zoomers that are on Twitter as well. 
um particularly you've got sort of like the gaming uh sphere and and the left-wing gaming sphere which is a very interesting place because people think about video games as being quite a um quite a right-wing place but actually there's quite a big left-wing element particularly amongst the young generations that are playing playing games um and that's very interesting to see and you've also got sort of like the lgbtq community and you've got quite a lot of gen zers in that as well yeah and i think those kind of people they look at things like snarky gen x stuff and they think "Mm, this guy's a little bit close to being a boomer and 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 (laughs) and it's sort of this old man is a dick but you're not realizing that he's not being a dick in a he's being a dick in a playful way um because the current reality doesn't have the same detachment that gen x had where they're like lol nothing's wrong we've got bill clinton in charge <laughs> it's all fine um or or we've got john major or all the early days of 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 tonty blair um where they had tony these kind p liar Tony P. Liar, where they had these kind of institutions which were quite solid and and life was slightly more convenient. Um, whereas then you had our generation who had uh, recession and depression, financial uh, crisis, financial austerity. crisis, and then you've got George the Zoomers Osborne. who have the destruction of democracy <laughs> on their side. <laughs> they do not yeah. have the safeguarding of thinking something's in jest because their genuine way of life is in peril. Um, yeah. Whether it's from the rising far right, whether it's from the, the global tr- the, pandemic, the global pandemic, the terror of institutions, which which previous generations were complacent about, like the police and things like that. Um, and so I think there is this very interesting divide between the, 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 the almost satirical nastiness of Gen X content and the earnestness of Gen Z. And I think it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting, yeah. but also very depressing. Um, and I kind of feel sorry for being dad, I've got to say. Yeah, um, and the thing about social media is that it collapses all of that stuff into one huge weird pot, doesn't it? There's yes, the phenomenon yeah. known as context collapse, of which there's been much interesting writing about. Yes, exactly. Um, and I don't know if how you're we're curious, to... I really, really would suggest you go and listen to Roderick on the line because you'll get a sense of a guy who is interesting and has, you know... a an int- a good personality and is a a good person um it's, it's a great show and he has other shows that are good as well but that one is always very very conversational and free-flowing and but it still doesn't go on for three hours like joe rogan it, no <laughs> it's what joe Ro- it's what what people think is good about joe rogan but isn't is good in roderick on the line <laughs> There we go. There we go. Um, this podcast brought to you by Bean Dad. We've been we've been um, Bean Dad. Sponsored. I know you listen every week. We've been sponsored by Bean Dad. Um, he has cancel. tweeted at me once. Bean Dad. Ha- hashtag cancel big boys. We are we are <laughs> we're, we're 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 apparently now we're both Bean Dad fans. Um, yeah. It's our first cancelable event, and I feel I apologise profusely. Paddy doesn't. Paddy is an unrepentant Bean Dad supporter. I will never apologise for supporting Bean Dad. <laughs> Paddy is now going to starve his own <laughs> child because that's what Bean yeah. Dad did. That's how strongly he feels about his support for Bean Dad. I'll give him the can opener tomorrow morning and say you do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the cat with her bag of kibble unopened and say, right, cat, if you want to eat, you've got to open that without your opposable thumb, thumbs. And then I'm gonna live tweet the whole thing and go, lol, look at my stupid cat. It's hungry lol yep 
that's the part that I think as well. It's like you don't have to tweet. <laughs> yeah, that's the other <laughs> thing, isn't it? Is is he tweeted all the way through this event? Well, not all the way through the event, but he, it was he like detailed a it. tweet thread. <laughs> he did this massive tweet thread about not feeding his child. And... Like if, if I was a successful podcast guy like him, I wouldn't even bother being on Twitter. Honestly, it's just well, like, I think yeah, you just fucking I think waste the, of time. The issue is that if you want to do it, you've got to just be positive all the time, haven't you? You can't be a negative individual or leave anything that might be controversial. You've just got to be a positive guy. Like if I was a if I was a popular social media figure my thing would just be yo this band's cool go and listen to these guys or yeah yo i like this podcast and this guy's not a nazi (laughs) (laughs) you've got to do your research haven't you before you share anything um and but yeah that that kind of thing and and that's kind of what i use it for some of the time is like if i find a good album like i found a very good album by the way um by a band called the dirty nil which i don't i don't know if you know the dirty nil you sent me this. Did it have a dog yes. on it? It has a dog on it, which yeah. is always great. I the album is, to it, yeah. The album is called Fuck Art, which is a great album name. Like that. Um, and it's it's sort of, it's good old, good old punk rock, and it's great. So, yeah, go and listen to, <laughs> Paddy says listen to Bean Dad. Buy, buy the collected works of Bean Dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can get them in one book, you know, like those like big Shakespeare ones you get. It's just <laughs> yeah. got a can of beans on the cover, you know, like the Campbell's soup can. It's like that. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um but, yeah, Paddy says beans. <laughs> Paddy says sign over your soul to Bean Dad. I say go and listen to Fuck Art by the Dirty Nil because it's a very fun album. Um and I'll I put think, the link in the show notes. I, I think people will like it. Um but none of this <laughs> we have not talked about. We've we've been talking for like half an hour. Now. <laughs> yeah. And none of this has been about our movie. Um, this is still a film show, we promise. <laughs> it's, it There's a just a lot of stuff show. we need to catch up on. And it's like, I think part of the reason people who are long-term listeners of this show enjoy it is because it's kind of our weekly catch-up about stuff as well, right? That's what I hope, anyway. And yes. honestly, yeah. Roderick on the line was an influence on my approach to that. I mean, it's organic anyway. Uh, sorry, I keep going back to it. But like when we started doing this show, I was a fan of Roderick on the line and their kind of weekly catch-up setup and i was like i want to replicate that with you because you're my best friend but i also want to talk about goofy films so here we are almost 200 episodes later (laughs) i had never listened to a podcast before doing this show i did not know what a podcast was and to be honest i still don't know what a podcast is what is a podcast it took a lot of convincing actually yeah oh sorry i mean our um our old our carrier pigeon show yeah, I'll carry a pigeon show. That's right. I record this and then I put it on a hard drive and I fly it via carrier pigeon to Paddy, who then I think sends the carrier pigeon off to the greater carrier pigeon network um, yeah. with our musings. I think that's how it works. Um, but we are, <laughs> we are, we are a film <laughs> podcast. And this week we had to, had the fifth element to talk about. And is this a movie that you'd seen before? Yes, although not since I was about 15 and I had very little to no recollection of it. So it was basically like seeing it again for the first time. Every every scene was like, oh my God, it's young Luke Perry. Oh my God, they're crashing into a McDonald's truck. Oh my God, it's like a party in space. Oh my God, it's Chris Tucker. Why wasn't this Prince? It's Chris Tucker again. Why wasn't this Prince? You know, it was all of that <laughs> happening to me again and again and again. And it was a great feeling. I loved it. Yeah, I also, I hadn't watched this in a very long time. Um, it's, yeah, it's a movie that I used to really love when I was a kid. Um, and then I haven't, I don't think I've watched it since university. Um, 
so like a decade now. You mean when um, we studied it in that class about Jean-Luc Godard? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, famous creator of the fifth element, Jean-Luc Godard. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, I'm going to keep making that joke, just so you know. Yeah, every I time know. it's mentioned. <laughs> I, know, I know you are. Um, but but I've, I I really liked it when I was when I was younger, and I I was a bit worried coming back to it. It's like, oh, is it still going to be fun? And I think it is still fun. And is it fair to say that this is a very good shit piece? I wrote down potential shit piece question mark, and I think it is. I think, especially now that we have the context of having, was it Jupiter Ascending that created the concept of a shit piece? Yes, that's right. Yeah, right. Now that we've we've established Jupiter Ascending as the kind of the the tentpole shit piece is that the right term i don't know the tentpole <laughs> shit piece <laughs> wasn't that a punk band <laughs> the, 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 the shit pole yeah. i think is yeah. the correct term <laughs> the shit pole now that we've established yeah. jupiter ascending as the shit pole i think jupiter ascending actually owes quite a lot to the fifth element that's not oh, to yes. say that yeah. it wouldn't have existed without the fifth element but there are a lot of similarities and that this is maybe the Jupiter ascending of the 90s, but because there wasn't social media, this is what I'm going to be positive about social media and about the kind of the media landscape of when Jupiter ascending was released versus 1997, when the fifth element came out, that like there just wasn't this ability to talk about the shit piece, was there? No, no. Um, and, and the one thing that I will say... All you had with is, critics. Yeah. Ugh. Like us. Awful critics able to give their opinions on movies i prefer the modern system where racists can downvote films by black people or women to make sure that they get really low user review scores that's what's great about the modern age it's called democracy (laughs) it's called democracy (laughs) democracy is being bombarded by racists until people don't want to see your product anymore yeah um democracy means having to listen to lawrence fox talk about why lockdown is bad and people not dying is bad (laughs) yeah you've got to have both sides you know you've got a deadly pandemic going round um but you've got to listen to the guy who says that it doesn't exist because you've got you've got to hear the opinions every opinion is valid tonight on bbc question time death is it really so bad (laughs) we've got the owners of mortuaries incorporated and a doctor but we're going to give 70 yeah. percent of the time to mortuaries incorporated who will speak up for the good. funeral people yeah exactly um and you've got a bit of that in this movie don't you because literal death and destruction is coming to earth that's the villain of this yeah. movie the great um, evil yeah um the non-specific yeah. ball of evil yeah that's the um that's that's the that's the villain it's this big old um this big old big old death bull and um and and th- there's this argument made against the villain the brilliant villain in this case played by gary oldman um, so good absolutely he's, he's, iconic performance yeah, fantastic in this the, the the 90s was the era of gary oldman as the great villain and i'm here for it like th- um, there is definitely a through line from that through to eddie redmayne's character in jupiter ascending oh yes there? yeah definitely definitely um and i but i think yeah there's there's this great moment where they're saying you you're standing for death and destruction but um and then uh the 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 sort of reply back from from gary oldman zorg is uh great jean baptiste emmanuel de zorg (laughs) yes um is um no i'm creating because when destruction happens then you've got to have 
people to clean it up and things to rebuild and everything like that and it's like that is such a fucking lawrence fox statement isn't it <laughs> yeah i watched that whole speech and i was like that made no sense gary oldman and i still love you yes yeah um but yeah the one thing i would say about this as a shit piece is is this movie too good to be a shit piece it's it's on that borderline isn't yeah. it i think it's walking the tightrope i think it starts off as a nun shit piece, but it starts to lose its way towards the end, doesn't it? Uh, like w- once it gets to the point where they're sort of at the airport traveling to the the intergalactic fun gala, I think that's when it becomes a shit piece. Is it now? Here's here's a question for you: Is it possible for a film to become a shit piece halfway through? <laughs> I think that's definitely true. Um, and and it's funny that's the moment of this movie that I love the most is the whole Lily Dallas multi pass all the way through to <laughs> Chris Tucker um, having sexual relations with a woman as a spaceship's flying off um, yep. to massive explosion in the way that they did in films quite a lot in the nineties where sex rather than actually showing sex it was a all you saw was the top half of a woman while the man was down there which I think confused a lot of people of our generation. Like he was out of view down there doing God knows what. Well, just playing Warhammer or something. Yeah. yeah. Shot. I don't well, know. Yeah. Well, she's orgasming to that. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the sexual emperor of mankind. Yeah. Um, he's playing on his Game Boy Color. Yeah. He's there on his Game Boy Advanced. Was the Game Boy in Color Mario out in 97? No. It, it no, been I Game think that Boy was 90. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah, the Game Boy. I don't think the Game Boy Color was out in '97. Um, no, but no, yeah, it's, I was in secondary school when the Game Boy Color came out. I think. Um, anyway, but that yeah, doesn't they, they... matter. Let's talk about the film. <laughs> Let's talk about the film. <laughs> we, I um, think we've already used up our bullshit allocation for this this episode. So <laughs> that's we. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we need to. Um, um, we need to crack on. Okay, yeah. Game Boy Color was released in Japan in 1998. Okay, okay there we go. Oh yeah, international market same year. There you go. Um, but but I think I, I I do think this movie is too good to be a shit piece, and I, and I think it's kind of shit piece maybe goes up to where it's a uh, a, a quirky iconic cult classic, and I think anything below that is a shit piece, and I think this goes into that quirky iconic cult classic, um, if only because of the you know the 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 costume design, the number by of Gautier. indeed um, by Jean Luc Godard. Yeah. <laughs> Costumes by Jean-Luc Godard. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> They'd all that, be naked because a lot of his work is Emperor's New Clothes, am I right? It, oh, yeah, etc. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a joke for like real film critics, not people. If yeah. you've ever seen film socialism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's... Um, but yeah, I, th- I think there's so much, there's so much iconic stuff going on uh, with with like the costume design, with the with the action moments, with the cinematography that I think it's maybe a level above a shit piece. But it's it is that kind of proto shit piece that's really led to things like Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. I, I don't think Jupiter Ascending could exist without the Fifth Element. Um, and 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 it's almost as though. I kind of I don't hold it up on the same level of Star Wars, but I think it's got the same kind of creative ingenuity and 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 intuitive sci-fi world design that Star Wars had. So obviously thematically and 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 tonally it's a very different film. 
but you can look at this and go that's a really cool sci-fi world and it feels like a unique sci-fi world in the same way that you can look at star wars and and feel the same way and i think that's kind of the key to making those kind of big sci-fi epics is they've got to feel like their own contained world and i think this movie really exceeds in that regard What's better than this about Star Wars in that context is that it, it's only one brilliant two-hour self-contained film. It doesn't take nine films to tell you that Gary Oldman, who died in the first one, also had sex and is alive now somehow. <laughs> Do you reckon Zorg fucks? Yeah, of course he does. With that haircut. <laughs> oh, yeah, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want that? And the little yeah. soul patch. Um, yeah. yeah uh, he looks like a metal front man, doesn't he? <laughs> He looks like the lead or like singer a of bassist in Ramstein or something. Lead singer of Refused, I think. I does had yeah. a similar kind of hair for a while, didn't he? Dennis um, Lixon. and um, but yeah, icon. but yeah. So I, so I think that it's got all of those incredible moments, but also all of these really weird little things. Like you know, you've got Blue Opera singing Alien Woman. You've got tiny-headed slow spacemen. Yeah. You've got <laughs> you've got them. You've got Tricky. Yeah. <laughs> this is great i love seeing tricky in this movie um you've got the weird little bouncing balls that get flamethrowered as they fall off the spaceship there's all of these tiny little moments in this film that just make it feel great it's and it's those little bits like how clearly in this future when you get a cigarette the filter is extremely long and the actual tobacco is very short yeah. And it's just those little moments that really make this world feel like a, a real interesting place to be and a place to lose yourself for a couple of hours. Yeah, and there's stuff like, you know, he's in New York and there's flying taxis everywhere. Like, in it looks like Futurama. You know, it's like Futurama came out later, but you know what I mean? It looks like Futurama. And that's not even really explored or anything at all. And I think a lot of lesser filmmakers would have been tempted to explore all that stuff too much. But even though it's quite a long film, there's no... It doesn't really go deep on any of the characters that much or anything, does it? But it still executes them really well, I think. And part of that is to do with the the cinema movement of the time, I guess, was known as Cinema Du Look, of which Luc Besson is known as one of the forerunners where it's all about the spectacle, right? Yes. And this yeah, film is exactly. a spectacle. Exactly. And and I I'm glad you brought that up because if you look at um you look at the sort of um uh the the history that he has and, and going back to his early movies like sorry this is gonna get very film school asshole for a while but have you ever seen Sorry, Taxi? we've already said Jean-Luc Godard several times I've never seen Taxi no oh okay because um, that's a really fun um, that's that's a really fun little movie that's the one um, where he goes are you talking to me right <laughs> that is that is Taxi Driver no um, uh, but, 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 seen that either. but that kind of thing where you've got because um, he was like the writer of Taxi um, and that's very much a sort of silly sort of very much spectacle based movie but moves very very fast and very interesting um and that was i think it might have been around the same time as the fifth element um and you really look at that kind of thing you've got leon as well a couple of years before leon um, i have seen yeah that's which a great is a, film. which is a wonderful movie very um, young natalie portman in that yes yeah which i think it, i think it was her first um role as well um sorry or, or give me even, a sec i've just got to go get the the baby monitor has gone upstairs. Oh, Pam's off to go and get the baby monitor. So, um, to all of our listeners, uh, can I just recommend that you get the podcast um, trending with hashtag Paddy is over party 
um, we cannot stand for the amount of standing that he's doing for being dad is unacceptable in the black and white world of social media usage we must condemn Paddy for this atrocity that he's carrying out by supporting said man what shit you saying about me <laughs> nothing at all absolutely nothing at all um but then it, it, and and then even if you're looking back to his his earliest movies like i think the first thing he ever did was subway um yes which is a really interesting movie about all those people um who are like living in the paris metro isn't it they're, they're living in the in the subway system of paris um you've got christopher lambert with his massive hair um, and again, yeah. it's it's all about that sort of spectacle and all about that the, the the visual aspect of it, but doing so in a way that helps create these self-contained worlds that you can become enraptured with in a short amount of time. Yeah, and it's simplistic to say that it's just about the spectacle, but it's also quite you know revealing to think of a film in those terms, isn't it? Where you know the spectacle doesn't just mean explosions it doesn't just mean colors it doesn't just mean costumes by jean-paul gaultier goddard it it you know it means as you say little details as well things like the cigarettes things like him forgetting to feed the cat you know things like his always hearing the voice of his mother but never seeing his mother while she's calling him to tell him what an asshole he is it's (laughs) things like that that make for a really really enjoyable film watching experience i guess it's about the experience as well as the spectacle. Yes. But the yeah, spectacle exactly. is part of and is the experience. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I, 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 and that's that's precisely why this film works so well, is it's got all of that going for it. And there's always something that helps create the world in your head. And that, in a way, allows its characters to stand out. And what I didn't remember is how memorable the different characters in this movie are. Even the minor characters just kind of immediately stand out to you and go, oh, wow, that's a really cool person who's in it for, like, one scene. Yeah, um, Lee Evans. <laughs> yeah, and, and the casting is great because you've got all of these incredibly bold personalities in this movie. Sweaty um, 90s comedy icon Lee Evans. <laughs> yeah, you've got... But you know what I mean? You've got all these people that just appear for a relatively brief moment and just just really add something to the movie and it's 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 a challenge to have a film where bruce willis is the lead and he doesn't completely dominate the 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 feel of the movie but this is an example of where that doesn't happen um you know you look at him at his best and it's films like um die hard or the last boy scout or films like that where he's really a, a powerful lead figure but here you've got ian holm you've got milia jovich you've got um you've got gary oldman you've got blue singing lady you've got you've got chris tucker um chris tucker is so good and and all of that just really adds to this movie to make it this incredibly enjoyable watch even however many years later yeah for sure and you got young luke perry at the beginning yeah ruining things for everyone again yeah when the sort of heo miyazaki-esque robots turn up yeah, the little, the little alien dudes come along, and then he shoots one of them. <laughs> but yeah. it, it ends up, um, it ends up ruining, uh, yeah, ruining it for everyone because they got trapped yeah. inside the poor bastard. Uh, there was also the production design was done by Mobius and also by Jean Claude Mezier, who um, 
as the guy who did the Valerian comic books yes. that Luke yeah. Besson adapted into that film, which is probably also a shit piece that we should watch at some point. Yeah, I, I do really want to watch that. Um, I've not seen it, um, but I really hope that it sums up because because what's it called the incal as well is one of his iconic works yeah um that yeah. he did with um alejandro hodorowsky um yep. which was basically when they couldn't make the adaptation of dune that they wanted to make they went and did this really strange sci-fi uh comic book instead and i really love that and i think you've really got that kind of feel here in um in the fifth element that really brings that home mm. yeah for sure um yeah it's it's a beautiful film it's really pretty even in its stupidest moments like <laughs> the big old um the big old trash piles um in the which yeah. are completely unexplained you've got all this fog at the bottom sorry of the city. about the garbage <laughs> yeah it's just great it's really great um it's just yeah yeah it's a really um uh, I suppose iconic is the way to describe it. And, you know, maybe yeah. it's just iconic amongst geek circles, but I think there is something very special about this film. Yeah, I think if you, if you, if any sci-fi film at all is a hard pass for you, then this is not for you. But if you have even like the vaguest interest in sci-fi and you haven't seen this, like I think it's a film you really, really need to see. It's a really, really important you know, pillar of 90s cinema. And at the time, it was also the most expensive film ever made, wasn't it? So, like, it's yes, really important yeah. in the, the history of cinema. But I think it, it has a very important place in the sci-fi canon as well, in which, is, as you say, the, the scales begin to tip towards the shit piece in 1997, and this is the reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, precisely. Precisely, I think, yeah. yeah and a couple of years later, The Phantom Menace tried to tip them in the other direction, but it failed. Yeah, screw you, Phantom Menace. You were strange and uncomfortable in a completely different way. Yeah, yeah, so so it's man, I really love this movie. I but the question for me is my memory of this film is that it had a lot more of a romantic element to it. Yeah. And I apologize because on the rewatch there's not <laughs> to be blunt. I seem to remember there being a much more of, of a it's, romantic no, the, the, it's love that saves the day, right? It is love that saves the day, but I seem to remember there being more of a focus on the relationship between Corbin Dallas and Lilu. Jeremy um, Corbyn. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn. Um, yeah. Um, but on the rewatch, it is kind of just just there. Um, yeah. You've literally known her for 24 hours and you've decided you love her to save the world. Ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a shit so, piece move, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's... Um, <laughs> it is and a shit piece the, the end of the film is fantastic. Because it's it's just got them like they're doing it in this like um, sauna thingy and some kind of I don't know what the the song was but it was like a a sexy nineties song that came on um, and it just like you just see a little bit of it and they're like everyone knows they're in there it's just like, that is ridiculous but hilarious and of course how else are you going to end a film like that so it ends with that romantic sexy moment it does it does and the still shot at the end it's yeah. just beautiful but what i like is the end of this movie is kind of low-key you've got the big shootout and the explosion and then the movie continues for a bit where they solve this puzzle with some little blocks yeah and then that's really cool it's really cool that they did that um whereas yeah it's um it's just yes yeah, it's, it's fascinating and weird and 
I wish more movies took this as an example. Um, yeah. uh, instead of I thought going, you were going to say I wish more movies took risks like this, which I think would also well, be true, yes, right? yeah. I think I think more movies should take risks like this. Um, you look at um, you look at the com- sorry to go on about comic book movies again, but comic book movies are everywhere and none of them take the risks that they need to do. None of them would end with a bunch of people trying to solve a little puzzle to save the no. world. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that in the next Iron Man. Avenge- Avengers does yeah. Rummy Cup. That's just- what I want to see. <laughs> Justice League. It's just Ezra-, Ezra Miller and all those other guys like standing around a Rubik's Cube going, what do we do with this? <laughs> Riddle me this, Batman. <laughs> They're playing Trivial Pursuit. That's how they end the next Batman movie. I would watch the heck out of that. Yeah, I'd watch that. I think that would be really fun. Um, so yeah, bring it, bring it on. That's what I want. If you're listening, Marvel slash DC. Yeah. The next Batman versus Superman is literally just a chess match. It's yeah, been playing yeah. chess for two hours. Yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want. And and I think the thing is that there's room for that. And I think Joker showed that you can do something with that medium and do something interesting, even with characters that are very well known. Um, I why, still seen it. why not do a Batman movie where he is a detective and he's trying to solve a crime? Yeah, the hard-boiled yeah. Batman. Yeah, why? Why not do something like that? Or why not go back and do a really over-the-top campy Batman like the '90s ones? Give that another go and try and do something interesting with it. Why not do um, a? I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, a Marvel hero that could work quite well in this regard. But try and do something low-key with. You know, you've got you've got Spider-Man fighting all of these villains in a, in a very big way now. Why not try and do another low-key story about him? Um, yeah, just like Spider-Man helps an old lady cross the road or whatever. You know? These these heroes they have different different strengths and different personalities and if you look at why people got into them in the first place it's not for the big battles it's for the smaller moments or for the interesting character moments you know no one spider-man does a master class on web building which you have to pay a hundred dollars to watch on youtube (laughs) exactly exactly um i (laughs) i want to watch the the flash uh start a hate campaign against a a popular podcaster on twitter um bean flash yeah bean flash that's what we want um or, or or like even examples like i don't know if you ever saw the netflix series of the punisher no um because that was very interesting because it basically didn't do anything superhero-y um because he's not a superhero he's a disturbed vigilante who's done horrible things and is now getting back at the people who have done horrible things to him and they just completely went away from any of the superhero nonsense and just nailed down that element. And it worked incredibly well. And I think there's room for people to do that and room for people to explore in ways like that. And, you know, why not make the next... Um, and I suppose the um, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies kind of feel a little bit like the fifth element, but I think they could go even further in that regard. Like there's these little vignettes in those that feel all a bit fifth elementy, but I think they could go even further into that space. Um, or like do a Silver Surfer movie, which is just all of the space nonsense that the Silver Surfer's about. Yeah. Um, it's goof factor, isn't it? Yeah. Get that goof factor. We need factor more goof factor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. And, and so. So bring that out. Do that in your movies. Have fun. Play with things. Be experimental. That's what we want. Yeah. 
for sure. We need opera, opera singing blue aliens who have the puzzles inside them. That's what sci-fi films <laughs> That's need. what sci-fi films should be. That's what yeah. we want. So the romantic element is ridiculous, but within the context of the world that it creates, it's totally believable, right? Uh, I don't know about totally believable, <laughs> but it works, doesn't it? It works thematically. Yeah. It's fine. Like, you, you sort of have an inkling that that's where it's going, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you you kind of get that sense, don't you, that it's going to go down the love will save the world thing. Yeah. Um, like like um, good old uh, Frozen 2. I thought you were going to say Harry Potter. But... <laughs> Centrist dads will save the world in Harry Potter. <laughs> wizard, wizard cops. Wizard cops. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, Frozen 2, she is the fifth element. Yeah. Yes, yeah. At the beginning I, I, of Frozen 2, they take her like a bone out of a sarcophagus and the people of Arendelle make her in a, like a, a big glass cage. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. Yeah. Um, Scared a lot of kids, that one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But that was, um, I like how you, you chose this after that for that kind of vaguely, vague thematic link. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where else was I going to go with it? Go to an actual romantic movie? No. <laughs> Hell um, no. But, but mentioning Harry Potter, I think at some point we should do all the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. I think that would be fun. We couldn't do just one episode about those, could we? No, we'd have to split that out. Yeah. Um but I think that would be Eight fun to films. do at some point. Could we do like two at a time, maybe? We could do a Harry that? Potter month and do them two at a time, couldn't we? That Yeah, that would work. Over, over four weeks. Yeah, yeah. Harry Potter month. When's yeah. Harry Potter's birthday? July 31st. Okay, so July leading up to Harry Potter's birthday. Yeah, July let's do, Harry Potter month. Let's do Harry Potter month. Yeah. Wizard cops and centrist dads. You're going <laughs> to love it. I can once again uh, share the story that that made your wife recoil in horror about how the best way to deal with wizards was to be a wizard with a wand in one hand and a hammer in the other and then just bashing people in the head when they get too close. (laughs) And that's how you beat Voldemort. You can't argue with that, can you? No, you've got fucking Lucius Malfoy in front of you going, Avada Kedabra, and you're deflecting his blows and you're getting really close wouldn't you think, oh, I really wish I had a hammer right now just to smash him a bit. Bash, bash. Yeah. You can't, there's no anti-hammer spell. That's true. If there is, Jason Isaacs knows it. Yeah, exactly. He'd know it, but he doesn't because there isn't one. Have you seen that ridiculous film he's in where he's like the manager of a hotel in a volcano? <laughs> what? This came out, oh, what's it called? Fire. This came out last year. And apparently it's, this is a potential shit piece. I don't know if it's got any... Um, What's it called? I don't know if it's got any romance in it, but um, it's called like Firestorm Destruction or something. I heard about this on another podcast. I'm going to have Ooh, to look it up. Let's, uh, talk, let's, talk amongst yourselves. I'm just looking up Skyfire. Skyfire. That's the one. <laughs> oh, my days. It looks ridiculous. Oh wow, that is a oh this is clearly a a, a um Chinese movie based on the cast. Yeah, yeah. Um and apparently he's um he has a South African accent in it. Oh, cuz he ba- he based his character on Elon Musk and um like just started doing the accent and they were like you don't have to do that. 
And he's like, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I love it. Oh, man, we need to find this movie. That looks so bad. I'm all for it. Um, yeah, I, li- I like a bit of Jason Isaacs. He is great. He's very. Have you watched Star Trek Discovery? No, I have not. Because he is in that and is very good in that. Um, yeah, he's he's a good one. He's a good one. Um, yep. He also, he did some voices in Star Wars as well. Yep, yep. Um, which is always, always nice. He was in the Rebels TV series. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, no, he's a, he's a good one. We like him, but I would bash his head in with a hammer if he was trying to evade a cadaver me. Well, yeah, that that would be fair. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do it. You gotta do it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, right? Is there anything so, yeah. else you want to say? He wasn't in the Fifth Element, and he should have been. Yeah. yeah just that Chris Tucker's role should have been done by Prince. I mean, he was probably busy Pr- with Prince. Something else. Prince was clearly the the inspiration for that that role, yeah. wasn't it? Maybe actually after Under the Cherry Moon, I don't know what was next in Prince's filmography. Um, but yeah, that, that was very Prince, but in the best possible way. Um, yes. Yeah, that was great. And what else? I just really, really appreciated the simple title sequence. There were some bits of it that were sort of actually quite simple, weren't they? But it there, there was... For a weird sci-fi epic like this, that shouldn't be simple. But I think the, as you say, the 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 cinema do look approach is simple and one way because it's like we're going to give you something brilliant to look at, right? And I keep coming back to it, but that was kind of yeah, that was another thing that I appreciated about it as well. Yes, it wasn't overblown, yeah. despite being films that being a film that is naturally overblown because of what it is. No, no, exactly, exactly. It's it's. It's not a film that's overly, you know, up its own bum, I suppose. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's it's unpretentious. Yeah, it's earnest in its approach. Yeah. What was um, Prince doing in nineteen ninety seven? Was he getting albums released via the mail on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well he was always doing that. No, that <laughs> oh, this was just when he's just changed his name to the unpronounceable symbol. Okay, so yeah, he was he was a bit tied up with that. Wasn't bit he? busy with not doing all his um, his record label stuff. Yeah, um, but he did release yeah a, a subsequent film later on um, that we're going to do at some point. We yes, about this. yeah, we will do that at some point. Yeah. Um, so I've got a little bit of trivia here. So. Um, uh, Mila Jovich beat over 3,000 women who auditioned for the role of Lily. Wow. She's pretty awesome. Um, she's great. She absolutely nails the role, I think. Yes, yeah. Um, uh, she's brilliant in this. I really love her in general. I know that people kind of laugh at things like the Resident Evil movies, but I think she's got this kind of charisma which which really carries those films and i think the first have... one's a good shit piece isn't it oh yeah yeah i i think the first couple are excellent shit piece films and then they kind of <laughs> drift a little bit um but but i think she's she's underrated and i think is a is an interesting actor who should be in more fun stuff like this um but uh ap- apart from that um the luke besson started writing this when he was 16 years old yeah, I read that. And that's what I was going to say. That's the other thing I wanted to say was that I appreciated the vision of this that really came across that this was a kind of a grand vision that had obviously been in his mind for a really long time. And sometimes that results in nonsense, but it really, really worked here. And you could tell that in a good way, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
yeah, and uh, Prince and Michael Jackson were the sources for inspiration for Ruby Rod. Um, and Prince was the first choice for the role, but obviously I think he might have been a bit busy. Um, and, and just one other little bit of trivia for you. Um, Gary Oldman played Zorg as a cross between then presidential candidate Ross Perot and Bugs Bunny. Which is amazing. <laughs> sure. That explains the sort of Texan, <laughs> vaguely Texan <laughs> yeah, accent. I think it's- I think it's great. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, so it's 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 great. I, I like this movie a lot, but I think I will have to deduct some marks from it because it is um, not really romantic enough for this podcast. Even though love saves the day, I think. Yeah, and there's a sexy scene, and there's m- multiple scenes out there of him sort of looking into her eyes while there's a bit of porno sex going on. There's a lot of porno. So sex I think it's going. quite romantic. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm not sure that, yeah, I think maybe it, I, I do apologize for, 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 for choosing this. Um, I don't necessarily think it fits the podcast as well as my brain thought it did thinking back to when I last watched it. Yeah. Um, but never mind, never mind. I'm sure we will get back on track soon. Yeah, we will. Um, so how are we going to rank this bad boy? Um, oh, let's see. How many people, after you have boarded the plane, how many people turn up with a multi-pass and try to board as you in the airport when you're flying off to the Intergalactic Opera Gala? Ah, so, yeah, that is uh, it's quite a long queue, actually. So you've got a solid 14 um, people coming coming my way, pretending to be me to get to the, the, the space journey. Yep. Same here. 14 fake Jeremy Corbyns coming after me. <laughs> Watch out for all those fake Jezzers. Yeah. Magic there are Empire. lots of them about. Lots of Tony B. Liars. <laughs> lots of Tony B. Liars. Oh, dear. <laughs> very good. Very good. That was a really, really good choice. A nice sort of um, palate cleanser after all that, all that festive nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Screw festivities. This is what the people want. So what have we got next? Yeah. Well, I think we need we do need to go back to a sort of a, a classic romantic film at this point, don't we? And we've had a request for My Big Fat Greek Wedding. So yes. let's do that. That's kind yes. of a staple. It's our bread and butter, isn't it? Oh, man, I'm excited. Yeah. Gotta love a bit of uh, fat Greek weddings. There's a link in our show notes to where you can give us money if you want to. It's just like a tip jar. No commitment, nothing like that. Um, um, you can find us on Twitter at BigBoysDon'tPod and on the emails BigBoysDon'tCryPodcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you have any requests or anything you want to hear about. And we'll be back next week to talk about my big fat Greek wedding. Bye!